0: I mean, if anybody cares, I am drinking the official Iron Maiden Trooper Lager tonight, and um, it's not oh good. <laughs> it's uh, it's four, it's four percent, and uh, it's been in the back of my wife's car all day, so it's like drinking a, a hot beverage. Isn't four percent like mouthwash? Yeah, it's it seems <laughs> to be working in yeah. that capacity. So basically, it's better than the Lamb of God beer. The Metallica beer by Stone's not bad. Enter night. I don't know. John drank some of that during Brutally Speaking and almost puked right there on the camera. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
1: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 178 Focused. Versus Unashamed with Brian Patton of As the Story Grows.
2: Look, I'm, I've been stuck inside my house for months, and I have to come on this podcast for human interaction uh, with somebody that's not my wife and children. So that's why I'm here, guys. Thank you. Hosted by Dan Terry.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we already did this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> David Van Zant.
3: I honestly didn't believe this was happening.
1: And Joseph Wren, which is it really a sing-along if Aaron Weiss comes out and does his thing. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you're so focused on trying every beer that you had the Iron Maiden lager and didn't like it, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is David, Brian Patton is here. My tag team partner returns. Yeah,
0: I'm halfway through the beer. Yeah. I still don't like
1: it. I don't do my hair on a Sunday, but, you know, El Pompadour, so we got to represent. You know, <laughs>
2: every day.
0: I know. I feel like we've got, like, the two hair guys, and then me and David are over here, like...
3: <laughs> <laughs> looking like crap? <laughs> looking like
0: looking like Muppets, basically. Yeah. So I much beard.
3: Pompadour uh, before Eddie was born. Once my son was born, man, I don't have time for
0: that anymore. I just let it all grow out. You just need to prioritize your time better, David. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, my beard hair is exactly the same as my head hair. fro yeah pretty much all the time so this is actually pretty short in comparison this is this is where i like to live as an adult but as a kid man i would i mean i i I was like straight up cedric bixler for like two years it was it was
1: nice (laughs) he's not lying i have pictures nice
3: it's fun to have brian here i feel like i'm in a podcast uh, royalty right now Oh. Oh, I we need a Seth Rogen to complete the trifecta.
0: Is this <laughs> is that the guy that talked to Sean Jonas?
2: <laughs> the least known Jonas brother. Oh, <laughs> the <shit>. best one.
3: <laughs> I got my beer on that one.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we got a really fun episode for you guys tonight, and uh, I think it'll especially be fun for members of the... Uh, Old school tooth and nail, uh 90s Christian hardcore and spirit filled hardcore and metal page. Um, even probably some of the face down people. Just because I don't know. I'm gonna post it there anyway. I don't care what (laughs) the bots say. Um, you know, it's almost like it's almost like we do these episodes to target specific groups. It's just (laughs) insane.
1: Joe, I have the sweet idea for a podcast. We're gonna talk about an entire band's discography. I'm pretty sure that's what you're doing on every episode.
0: I mean, that is absolutely what I try to do But this one's going to be a little bit different So you guys have heard our Versus episode that we did a few months ago Which was uh, strong arm Versus Few Left Standing um, Some people got upset, there were some Hot takes being thrown down on there That's um, why Brian's here, right? Yeah, the, Bri- Brian only agreed to show up In order to uh, in order to defend uh, The next two bands that are Being versed, just we're to not, make sure We're not going to
2: drag any hardcore bands to them at this time <laughs>
0: We're going to try not to I don't know though. Not on that episode either. Yeah, well David's about to become everybody's least favorite host on discography discussion. Night, so no pressure. So this is all in good fun, obviously. Um I live in a world where I appreciate having focused as well as unashamed and would not want to actually have to pick between one or the other. Um, This is really the versus thing is is basically just clickbait. You're listening to it now, getting ready to get mad. But what we're really going to do is we're going to just talk about these bands and we're going to talk about the impact that they had on the hardcore scene, more specifically the the spirit-filled hardcore scene of the early 90s. For those
1: that do not know, what is spirit-filled hardcore?
0: Well, I mean, spirit-filled hardcore is focused, um, (laughs) for lack of a better term uh they actually kind of coined the term spirit-filled hardcore so what you have is a hardcore band that sounds musically like pretty much any other kind of hardcore band uh except what they're hardcore about is jesus christ so um might might not be a great taste in everybody's mouths but uh it's definitely some of the first types of hardcore music that I became a fan of, and uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of these bands from this era, the mid to the mid to late '90s, I feel like a lot of those bands are not very well represented uh, anymore. When people talk about Christian music and Christian hardcore, it seems like they're talking about a lot of the bands that came before these bands, or I'm sorry, came after these bands. And so in that regard, um, I think that these bands are, are massively important to this movement and are horribly, horribly unrepresented.
1: I would probably have a different opinion about this music if I had grown up listening to it as much as Dan did. Don't get me wrong, I had to listen to a lot of it from the passenger seat because Dan is the driver and the radio jockey going back and listening to it now yeah i probably should have spent more time listening to it because it's mostly just false thrash with yelling vocals i love how much the guitars just sound like we have an open string and that's all we have so we're just gonna chug on it but for the most part this reminds me of classic zeo sean jonas era
0: (coughs) brian what does spirit-filled hardcore mean (laughs) to you
2: oh man um I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tim, when he talked about it, I mean, that was their, they were coming up playing with straight edge bands and, and vegan bands and uh, their their political message was their spiritual message and, and they coined the term spirit-filled hardcore and unashamed, open for them. They heard that term. They said, that's what we are to overcome, played with focus, spirit-filled hardcore. They said, that's us. We're spirit-filled hardcore. This was the movement. This is where it started. Um, and I know maybe some people will say the Crucified had some hardcore elements that they technically are the birth of Spiritfeld hardcore or whatever. I, it's, it's focused for me. Um, it's birthed in that. I mean, it, I know they're a California band, but it reminds me way more of Agnostic Front and some of that New York scene with more of the rappy vocals, at least focused anyways. I mean, we're not getting to those albums quite this moment, but... Um, I mean, yeah, this is this is the hardcore I grew up in and, and the scene was birthed from it. If you listen to Sleeping Giant, it's those roots go back to focus. If you're a fan of Zeo, those roots go back to focus and, and you have to look back at your roots in the same way if you like hardcore, you gotta listen to Teen Idol and Minor Threat and Bad Rage, right? Like,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. So. <laughs> David?
3: Yeah, man, I totally agree with Brian on that one. They kind of paved the way for a lot of like The Christian scene that we have today, you know, if there wasn't a focused or if there wasn't uh, overcome, if there wasn't uh, unashamed, then um, we probably wouldn't have that. They had to fight to get their message out and gain the respect of the secular scene. And for the most part, they did it, which is pretty cool. Um, Like Brian said, like they, you have the vegan, you have the straight edge, um, uh, that side of hardcore and hardcore punk. And these bands, their message was the gospel of Christ. So that's what they put forward. They put it to great music and they gained respect to the scene. And it's awesome. We have a lot to thank for them for it. So at least three
0: out of four of us are on the same page about this.
1: (laughs) At least three of four, sometimes 80%. You do the math.
0: There you go. I'm not good at math. So, well, I guess uh, there's no other way to do this than to get into it. I'm going to, I would say we should start with focus just because, uh, you know, they were the, they were the headliner and unashamed was the opener uh so that's uh that's got to be a good enough reason right um so i want to talk about a record and it's uh probably one of the most important records that i own and is probably part of the reason why we're doing this and that is bow by focused
1: so punk rock 1993 yeah it's kind
0: of punk rock but it's definitely a lot more hardcore uh, in, in my opinion um the first time I heard this record, I got it, um, and I had been listening to, to Christian music, or hardcore metal music and stuff. Um, I definitely came back and and, and, and got into focused. I wasn't there uh, in 93 uh, in California uh, or any of that. But I can tell you that even hearing this record all that time later, I bought this record on cassette. Uh, at Cornerstone festival you could buy you could actually buy cassettes then for 50 it was like 30 CDs for fifteen dollars and I bought like four boxes of cassettes and uh bow was in there and um you know we popped it on and listened to it uh driving home from the fest and I remember my buddy was like, dude it's like it's like it's like if black sabbath had like a cool vocalist and he got that from and it wasn't joe i know that sounds like something joe that's definitely um, not what i would say listening to this (laughs) record Well, yeah, but I mean, you you start off at the beginning, you know, with just the smoke, and we're you know, white flag cannot end this bloody war. You know, nothing can stop this fire that burns on. You know, uh, it gets really, really, really intense. It's weird too because at the end of it, he screams, "It's your choice," but the way he screams it at you doesn't make you feel like you have a choice uh, at all. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hear what this dude has to say, and you're gonna like it. Um, but you know, when the first song kicks in, it starts off with a pretty slow, like. I mean, you've got that. You've got the, the the epic, just dun dun dun, dun dun dun. You know, and when the main the down down. Yeah, I'm doing that on the podcast now, apparently. But like, it's um, it is very like very metal uh, <laughs> in a way. Um, i didn't start it didn't start going into kind of more of what focused actually sounds like until you get about 30 40 seconds into that into forever basically
3: you kind of do it on a lot of tracks like especially the intro to blinded like that's yeah. just a straight that's a metal riff like with the drums and the guitar and all that definitely a metal metal heavy influenced uh hardcore here
2: yeah but you look back like this record came out in 1993, Second record released on Tooth & Nail Records. They were signed basically the same time as Wish for Eden. Um, but 1993, if you listen to this record and you listen to Earth Crisis, Firestorm, their big breakthrough, it's the same exact sound. It's that same exact, the first time where hardcore shifted from super just fast punk rock into this chuggy, grindy metalcore sound that we all know and love now. That open chord that just chugging it through every song um which people hated when it came out right when earth <laughs> crisis did firestorm along yeah. with firestorm being just like people were like all right you're vegan like we get it like but but that's like that's the same error that focused is in like and that sound like you listen to firestorm you listen to bow it's like that's the hardcore sound emerging at that time and it's um i mean bow's great uh jeff blue from stave zaker the crucified produced the record mark solomon did the cover art mark solomon is on blinded um which is just a killer track uh probably my favorite focus on yeah
3: that's why i called it out it's definitely my favorite track at least on this album for sure
2: yeah
1: was it the message or the hurt. vocal style that everybody hated well Well, i think what he was
0: saying go ahead brian i'm not going to try to explain to him what you were going to say if you can just yeah
2: (laughs) oh i think the hardcore sound i'm like firestorm like that open chugging people thought it was was lazy um they were just like they're just holding one note open the whole time (laughs) which is so common it was like rebirth the genre
1: right that's Kind of why I made the thrash comment earlier, and yes, it goes back to the punk thing. It's like, yes, it used to be, guys, just three chords, and that was enough. So, 1993, I don't know why anybody would hate it, other than it wasn't grunge, and it wasn't alt-rock, and it wasn't Smashing Pumpkins. I could give you a bunch of reasons why people would hate it. Um, number one, hardcore fans, especially from the late
0: 80s and or even into early 90s, before Earth Crisis went more metal... Um, hardcore fans do not like heavy metal because to them, heavy metal represents, um, indulgence, um, big epic stage shows and 20 minute guitar solos and dudes and in, dudes in, in cock pants, you know, like I mean, it's just not, um, it's not hardcore. It's not punk rock, you know? Uh, and then on the flip side of things, metal fans, they don't really like, they don't really like, like Brian said, they don't really like hardcore because it's simple. It's not complex. It's not indulgent. It's not any of that stuff. And then, if you want to talk about why people would have hated Focus back then, go ahead and throw something on there that's more offensive than veganism, uh, which is uh, in 1993.
2: They were all, like, hardcore from its get go was preaching like straight edge, like minor threat. They were like, no, yeah. we, like, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't fuck. Like, we can think, fuck you guys, right? Like, that was their message. Yeah. It was, I mean, they, they came out swinging. They had this, like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and that's just it. The like metal fans don't like to be preached to, right? Really, um, hardcore fans I've come to find, this is kind of relevant for this year too. Um, metal or hardcore fans only like to be preached to if what they're being preached already conforms to what they already think, <laughs> you know. So it's it's easy to get behind straight edge because it had been a movement for for quite some time at that point. Um, And, you know, veganism, you know, it's all very secular. It's all very, um, and that's fine. Like, obviously, it was what it was before these dudes showed up doing their, like, Christian thing, (laughs) you know. Um, And so I could see there being, you know, kind of some backlash and some hate thrown that way. But my, my understanding, especially with Focus, was that their music was so good for what it was. That they may have not been, like, innovative musically, but I think they pushed, they, they they tugged a little bit on the ideals of, like, what hardcore could be. Like, can can these guys actually get up and talk about, like, Christianity and their beliefs that may actually be in staunch opposition of what everybody else believes? Because, sure, I mean, you could say Straight Edge and Christianity are compatible, but, uh, and I'm going to get so much hate mail for saying this, but, like, in Christianity, it doesn't necessarily say that you can't drink. And it doesn't necessarily say that you can't eat meat, and so like, there's that that there's an incompatibility there. Um, there's also, you know, you get deeper into straight edge. A lot of a lot of hardcore straight edge people will believe that religion is a crutch. It is a weakness. You know, it's it's like any other type of drug that people get addicted to. So um, I could see how focused message that year with this type of music could have really turned some people off.
3: Now that's that's why it's important to note that they had the chops to pull it off and had the 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 musical talent behind their message to be able to make it through because there was already bands in like the metal scene and then like the hard rock scene um in the faith-based metal and hard rock scene that were doing it like striper and bride um that were putting forth like the gospel message and getting some or a lot of respect from the secular scene but no one was really doing that in punk and hardcore as much before focus came along
0: I can only think of like crucified and what six feet deep. I I always can't remember, always had trouble remembering which band kind of came first, but I know they kind of came from different like scenes, you know. Six yeah, but I, go ahead, Brian.
2: No, yeah, I mean six feet deep was was coming up the same time in Ohio, right? Early '90s, you know, their first record came out '94. Uh, <clears throat> um, so I mean, it's right in that same era. Uh, Six feet deep. Mike Porter. He had the best vocals of any of those early hardcore bands. I'm, I agree, ex- That's why I'm excluding it's not. Jonas. I'm excluding Sean and Zao. But um,
0: that was later, it, though. That was almost a second generation. Yeah, almost. Yeah. What do we What do we think of Tim's vocals on this on this record?
2: I mean, it's in that it's in that New York vein. It's in, like if you listen to Agnostic Front in the late '80s, if you listen to Cromags, like it's very similar to that style of hardcore. Um, I mean, he's doing a more spoken word, rappy, vocal thing, and that's especially prevalent on the second record. Um, and, and that's that's just kind of what hardcore was at the time. It was transitioning, uh, but that's what it was.
1: That's why I feel like I missed out. The message aside, this is just another version of punk to me. It's not Oi punk, late 70s, early 80s, that type of attitude, but he's just doing the best barking vocals that he can. It sounds like he's just trying to get people's attention and own the room and be the front man. I like it. It's challenging for me to listen to an early 90s version of Hardcore. And yes, I know this is where it started, at least the scene and the attitude. I think I'm just a little put off by it because it is so classic and I'm just not in the mood to listen to it this week. But I've heard... <laughs> the sound progress and it didn't even take a decade for hardcore metal and everybody to just start getting along anyway. So this is just the origin of the style is the way I look at it.
3: So I kind of came along to focus years and years later. I was probably like 12 or 13 before I really got into hardcore. Um, and going back and listening to this album, knowing how influential it was, uh, I definitely appreciated it. But Tim's vocals are are far from my favorite. Um, I don't hate it. I don't think on this album there's really much the skip track wise. I, I like his uh, his growls and his screams and his yells a little bit more than the spoken word parts. Um, like behold, uh, I think behold's a great example of a song that he gets really intense throughout the entire time on. Um, but and I, I it's just not. His vocals aren't aren't my favorite out of the out of all those early forefathers of the spirit filled hardcore scene, but this see, album think, out of the two is definitely my favorite for sure.
0: See, I think it's obviously it all comes down to taste, you know. Um, part of me is like, man, I wish his vocals were harder, and we're going to get into that whenever we start talking about Unashamed, you know, it, the difference in <laughs> in, in vocals and, and that sort of thing, but like. It's also not fair for me to be a guy that was able to grow up listening to Dan and Zayo have that type of growl and snarl and Chris McCadden from Embodiment and Bruce from Living Sacrifice. Like, those guys had so much metal in their vocal delivery, and it was so extreme, and it was so many years later, like, let's be honest. And so, you know, whenever you go back to something like Focused, I could, I could understand how somebody might be a little thrown off because it's like, well, the vocal delivery isn't as heavy as I was expecting. And really, if you look at it, you know, like the riffs, um, it's it's a different approach. Um, The music is heavy. The music music is heavy. Itself
3: is super heavy,
0: but it's recorded differently than what you would get from. Like if if they recorded Bow now, it would be like it would be it would be full of like studio assisted bass drops, and you know, um, would come off like like the heaviness of the music would be like I guess enhanced in some way. Um, I think I think really what hurts this record is the production because the yeah and again a remaster could fix all of it you know but it definitely doesn't hit as hard as it as it could but i really like that about it there's something about and and it's funny you say about the spoken parts i actually like the spoken parts more than i like the screaming um just because that's what i'm kind of used to like kind of just like a like an aggressive vocalization that isn't just so over the top that you can't be affected by it um and, you know whenever i hear tim yell and, and and pseudo rap or whatever it is like i believe it i believe it in a way that i don't believe a band that has a more extreme vocal um it's very passionate it's very real and he's not afraid to be heard you know his, his message is, is first and foremost for every single one of these songs so i think it's almost in a certain sense more hardcore to be more clear and understandable like you can go and see this band play live and you know what they're all about just by listening to the songs even if even if they don't go for five minutes between songs about what everything's about you you get a you get a kind of an air of what this band is doing and what they're saying um, just by the music alone and i think that's very significant and i think that's why this record you cannot necessarily be into the style but you can still be affected by it in a certain way like I'm certainly not as like up on the Bible and into into all of that stuff as much as I used to be but whenever I listen to this I still get those little like you get those little hairs that stand up on the back of your neck when you're listening to it it's the same feeling I get when I'm listening to like you know old Zao or Seventh Star or you know um you know bands like that like just these bands that were super 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 into their message whether it was something I agreed with, or something I didn't agree with, um, and so for that I salute them. I, you, you can't say anything about bad about Bao without me getting upset. I guess this is where I'm coming from with it because that's the most um, honest thing
1: you've said all day.
0: Out, out of the, uh, but I mean out of that box, you know, fifteen or. 30, 30 cassettes for fifteen dollars. This was this was like by far the standout, and there was there was stuff in there that was awesome, you know, <laughs> like Training for Utopia, uh, Overcome, you know, like all, all these fans. There were tons of mortification tapes in there, but those weren't as awesome. But uh, but yeah, this this record just <laughs> absolutely tapes one of every album. Yeah, yeah, dude. This is but this is this is the real deal, and this is this is hard to top.
3: Going back to his vocals. <clears throat> Joe, one of your like biggest complaints about hardcore is that they have a long list of lyrics, but you can't hear a single word they're saying. You always call that out pretty much every time we do a hardcore or metalcore band.
1: That's mostly um,
3: grindcore, but go on. <laughs> you can't you can't say that about uh you can't say that about Tim. And like even the title, the the title track opener, just fifty-five seconds is just him reading off like a declaration. Like you can't say that you can't hear what he's saying, um, you can't understand what he's saying, and I'm sure that was intentional to kind of get their message out.
1: You are 100% correct. One of the things that I've learned from Dan, and it started with me without you, was that you could have music where the vocalist was not necessarily singing or being heavy, but the message was heavy. So now you have the vocals being expressed in the most basic form that people that would complain about thrash, like a typo negative, or even old school Slayer, that you couldn't understand what he was saying because, oh, he's speaking too fast, or he's not singing it, or you should sing a melody. And yes, trying to convince me originally with Dan Wayne of Zeo was probably not the best way to get your point across. But then you switch to me without you. And you can understand 100% of what Aaron, Aaron Weiss is saying. So you're correct. The message is very clear. Whenever I say that bow can't be topped, uh, there
0: there is a second Focus record that, that I don't feel like gets talked about enough.
1: 1995, the hope that lies within. You guys like power lines?
2: Because there's power lines on the cover. Sorry. Jeff from Unashamed took that photo. That's Jeff from Unashamed's uh, photograph as the cover art for Focus. So I'm a...
1: feeling the power.
0: Did he also take the cover for uh, take the cover photo for Silence by Unashamed?
2: <laughs> I I don't know. I'll have to look at that. It's got we'll a very get, similar.
0: We'll it's got a very similar minimalistic uh, tone to it. Anyway, uh, this record is well. It's a little bit different, right? Like, um, and I don't I don't want to trash this one. It's just that like we just talked about how great Bow was, and um, I feel like this really, really, really does continue what they were trying to do on Bow. But I do wonder if hardcore, at least this type of hardcore, this spirit-filled hardcore thing that they kind of started, had started to kind of move past them at this point.
3: Did they go like more of a, they have more punk rock elements to this one, um, I think, than the last one? I
2: mean, uh, it, it's, it, it's groovier. Uh, sometimes his vocals are rapier, but I feel like his yelling is better on this record. Um, the production is, is cleaned up. I don't know if that helps or hurt. Um, it's more technical, Uh, I mean, if you thought Bao was just chugging this record is more technical in its guitar work Uh I love the Chain of Strength cover that closes this record hurts to oh, ask yeah. uh, I mean it's great when Chain of Strength does it I love the focus version Um, but yeah it's whatever is polished about this record does not hit you as hard Um and, and like the songs are still bangers Empty is great like Dead Sky is amazing but it doesn't hit you that same way it is it's a good record but yeah Bow is the good go-to focus record and as me and dan were saying earlier maybe it's just nostalgia that that was the first one um and and maybe maybe still that cloud's judgment um
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) well and the, the question that i would pose then would be would this have hit just as hard if it had been the only Focused album? Like, let's say they never re- released BOW and this was the fir- the debut of Focused. Would the band have still been as influential as they were with BOW? Oh, I don't
2: know. I, how, how can fucking answer
1: that question?
0: There, I know, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it all
3: because I was I listened to them both. Dan
1: just showed up with a piano and said, what if God was one of us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's an impossible question, but it's an interesting kind of pondering point Um, because, you know, because that, that would take away the entire curtain of nostalgia on it, you know, in that, like, if this was the first thing that I've heard and I'm going to, I'm going to try to give as feeble of an answer as I can to that question. I think that it absolutely would. I think that this would have been just as awesome. It probably, you know, if this was focused debut and let's just assume no other bands had popped up, you know, before 95, like, let's just pretend this came out in 93 for in order for this analogy to work. Um, in a scenario where nothing else a, exists, in, and yeah, this in, is in, the only in a option, world where Bow didn't come out in '93. Um, but I think that it hits just as hard. I think that I think the passion is still there, um, and I think that again, like I said, with, with Bow, you can you can still get everything you need to know about what this band is about from listening to the music with no other supplemental material. Um, and I do think that the only thing that really hurts it is that it is a little bit cleaner. Um, Raw uh, bow was unintentionally not as like was unintentionally not as well produced i think um whereas this one kind of i don't know the technicality like you take the slow like i wouldn't consider focus to be like a fast band um so i do think that some of the added technicality of the songs kind of hurts them a little bit because they're already at a slower pace because i mean at the end of the day what's more impressive technicality that's played at a slower pace or technicality that's played really fast.
2: I mean, but they, they changed drummers for this record. They changed out one of their guitar players on this record. So, um, but I mean, hardcore, like it was moving. It was slowly moving into more groove. And I mean, who were their contemporaries in the scene that they were playing with? I mean, unashamed POD overcome. I mean, we can say POD is not a hardcore band. POD was playing with hardcore bands back in 94, 95, Uh, yeah i mean they were they were ripping off bad brains and shelter on their debuts so uh and you look at what was happening in hardcore with Snapcase and orange nine millimeter and quicksand i mean that groove that slowed down that like yeah dirk on the bass like killing it on this record
3: (laughs) they have some fast i mean killing years is a fast song yeah like Uh, that that breaks out you know so it's it's a little bit slower it's a little bit groovier it's cleaner Um, I like Tim's vocals better on this one, but I like the songs better on Bow. I think on Bow, Start to Finish is a strong record. There's a couple skippable tracks, at least to my taste, on this record. Um, But there are really fast, uh, upbeat parts to it, like Killing Ears, for sure.
0: I thought Tim sounded so different on this record that I didn't even know that it was him the first time I heard it. Because his his voice sounds different. I don't know if they just used different mics or whatever. Like, I had to listen to him. I had to listen to him doing the speaking vocals like a whole bunch of times where so I was like, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah. This record is not as musically monotone as Bow. There's more melody. They have some dissonant qualities. They also break into actual melody. But I agree with Brian. It's not as intense. It's not as impacting as Bow. I think the only reason this record would be equally as impactful. To Dan's point, you're only listening to the lyrics. If you think this record is as impactful as "Bow," that's fair. Proud of you, Joe. That was a fair point. I uh, I have more <laughs> than one. <laughs> but,
2: I, but as as we will move into this record was produced by Bob Moon. Um, Bob Moon's first record he did for Tooth and Nail was "Unashamed Silence," um, right. and he had worked on a few hardcore records. And punk rock records for Tooth and Nail, leading up to the hope that lies within. So I like if you listen to his production and the recording on Silence versus Hope that lies within, like it's a huge gap in in improvement.
1: Right. This is the '90s where the best you could do probably sounded better than what it's going to sound like when you actually spend money on it. Because now you've got to find the producer who has the studio and can record the music cleanly, but maybe he's been recording alternative rock bands or pop bands, glam bands for the past 15 years. So he's not exactly sure how to put together a hardcore record other than pan everything this way. It sounds beautiful and clean, but it's got to sound a little raw and a little dirty. I'm having flashbacks to All Else Failed, Splinter Shards, where yes, All Else Failed, the best they could do to my ears, sounds better than the Splinter Shards, even though Splinter Shards sounds like every other Tooth and Nail record that came out.
0: Are you serious right now? Splinter Shards is like eighteen steaks thrown at your face of beef, <laughs> <laughs> compared to All <laughs> Else Failed.
1: But All Else Failed I mean, sounds I, I cleaner. Under, I can understand.
0: <laughs> I can understand. Okay, yes, All Else Failed does sound cleaner, but I don't know, man. Like some of those songs that were on All Else Failed versus the Splinter Shards versions. I mean, I'm sorry, man. Splinter Shards for life over here. I just. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Splinter Shards, yes, but uh, the almost failed version of Exchange, man That's that's my favorite Fair. Is this the Zayo episode?
0: Every episode's the <laughs> Zayo episode
1: That's what Dan wants you to believe The point I'm making is Bao is more impactful, and that might be a result of we didn't spend a lot of time trying to make it sound studio clean Maybe they never had a record prior to this so the best they could do sounded great I totally respect that
3: coming from you, especially with zero nostalgia factor into it. I'll take it. Before we move on from Focused, uh, shout out to Brian. Uh, that interview with uh, Tim that you did was the the episode that got me uh, to stop cherry picking and to actually subscribe and listen on. So before I'd like, come and go, but ever since that episode, uh, I've been listening every week.
0: So that was awesome.
2: Nice. I worked really hard asking him zero questions on that episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he came in pre- he came in preloaded. I don't know what kind of asshole yeah. would do
1: something like that.
0: But he was- uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Um- Well, before
1: David Van Zandt hijacks this episode to talk about As the Story Grows, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about 5 Star Reviews. We love
0: 5 Star Reviews here on Discography Discussion, and we love them because they make me feel pretty good about myself most of the time, uh, unless they're negative. But, you know, I don't even let the negativity get to me. Um, I, I appreciate any and all feedback, whether it be positive or negative. Um, you know, constructive criticism is, is how we get better. So uh, I appreciate it 100%. And uh, so, I mean, keep sending those emails. Uh, keep reaching out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on Discord. Uh, you can send us an email at danajoshow at gmail.com. We want your feedback and your band suggestions. Keep it up.
3: All right. So we got a tweet from The Tree467. He says, discuss metal hey guys i love the podcast i want to recommend you guys the band psycho stick it's a comedy metal band that's a lot of fun have a great one
1: hey dan do you want to go drink some beer
3: i was gonna say before recording dan had some thoughts on that dan you want to (laughs) share moving on we got a comment from one of our patrons mind strength thank you for being our patron by the way he says i love this review i felt the same sentiment although i'm surprised you guys skipped over the fuck it uh, I didn't say the album title. Hold on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> One fucking last time. All right. Moving on. We got a comment on our Patreon review for The Mask by In Inflames. Uh, this comment was from Mind Strength. They say, I love this review. I felt the same sentiment. Although I'm surprised you guys skipped over the completely cringy song where they took past al- album titles and song titles and used them as lyrics to make a song. Sort of tropey in the old fans and say, "Yeah, we remember you." I honestly didn't believe that was happening.
0: I'm gonna be honest right now. Uh, I don't remember that from the album because if I if I had my way, I wouldn't remember anything from that album. And uh, In Flames has continued to rub salt in the wound uh, over time, and that they you know are doing this anniversary release for their Clayman album, to which they've gone in with the current lineup and re-recorded five classics from the Clayman album. Have you have you ever wanted the New In Flames to go back and cover the In Flames songs from their glory days?
2: It's almost like can you imagine Zao covering All Else Failed with the current lineup?
0: That was That'd equally so as terrible.
2: No.
0: <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. It's equally as terrible. Like it, you know, it's it's not a good look uh, for anybody involved. I'll say that. I love Zao. Uh, but they have not; they have not ultimately failed me the way that In Flames has. Like me personally,
3: I don't think that's as bad because that's just a re-recording of the whole album. Like yeah. MXPX did that. It's not the whole album Life in though. general. Like
0: there's there's songs missing that they, they changed parts because, let's be honest, I didn't actually know how to play them. And like, I mean, it was just it was too much. Like, you know, Scott, if you are listening to this, you know what I am talking about. Like, it's not even that. Like, it is, ugh, it's not okay. What the, what they did to their song Clayman was not okay. And I can't, I can't let it go. It it absolutely like, I'm dude, you know what? I might even go on Instagram live later and just like rant rant about this. I almost did, dude, I almost did it on my lunch break the other day. Like I was going to just be in the break room and be all like, all right, listen up. This here's the thing about this. And then I realized that that was probably not be a good look either for me, but whatever, man. Like it's how I feel. They, they need to just stop. That band needs to completely stop.
1: And now Brian Patton is going to tell us all about As the Story Grows.
2: (laughs) Um, It's great. Uh... I don't have co-hosts, so none of this nonsense. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I'm I've been stuck inside my house for months, and I have to come on this podcast for human interaction uh, with somebody that's not my wife and children. So that's why I'm here, guys. Thank you. Uh, of all
0: the pe- of all the people you could have picked. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh yeah, we did. We did just had a uh, Sean Jonas and Jesse Smith from Zao, and they were awesome. Um, former members of Zao. Uh, yeah. We're just we're just going week by week at this point. We potentially have ten, cool up in the works. So,
0: <laughs> you had Tim Mann from Focus on your Tim Mann from
2: Focus. Jeff from Unashamed was on.
0: Dan
3: Terry from Discuss Metal.
2: Dan Dan Terry from Discography Discussion was on the podcast. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, Overcome. Jason Sidson Overcome. Check him out. He was cool. Mike Porter from Six Feet Deep and Branton. That's if you like old school hardcore. We might be done with that for a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's weird. We pulled the bucket up out everybody. of.
2: The I've talked to everybody.
0: We pulled know. the bucket up out of the well last week and it was empty. I don't, I don't know.
2: I don't know. We gotta find some new. <laughs> maybe
0: maybe you should poison the well. Okay. Um, are we ready? Are we ready to go to our contenders, which will be. Unashamed. I hate saying contenders because we're like not really pitting the bands against one another. Like they're both awesome. So
2: on well, on the uh, second "Helpless Amongst Friends" compilation, there's a band uh, called Resolve, and it is Tim Man from Focused and Jeff uh, from Unashamed plays guitar in the band. So here's your crossover one song. And oh, that's if amazing! You, and uh, if you don't like Tim's vocals and wish they were more aggressive and. Uh, more in your face. Uh, check that out because his vocals are way harder in resolved than they were in Focus. So
0: whatever happened to that band?
2: Uh, they have one song on Nope Amongst Friends" too, and that's it. That's all I know.
0: That is fair. That is totally fair. That's all I got. So here's a, here here's a, here's the thing about Unashamed.
2: They're awesome.
0: Yeah. As much as I as much <laughs> as I just like globed all over focused, like you would think that that is where I would be putting my putting my towel in the ring was that if that's the right terminology um I like Unashamed so much more than I like focused um not because I and it's not because I hate focused like I wouldn't I wouldn't like Unashamed if I didn't like focused if that makes sense um focused was just so like if you if you go back and you listen to Silence by Unashamed came out
2: 94
0: 94 so i mean we're, we're dealing with like the exact same time period here right so this tape is so this was in a different box that i bought from <laughs> cornerstone um from the same dealer i actually bought a copy of living sacrifice the hammering process uh that was signed by bruce for more money than i really want to really talk about here um but uh and actually i recently because i was down on my luck i ended up selling that to joe calderon of uh lightworker now has that uh, i was going to ask if that was the uh now has he has now, now now has that vinyl yeah um so that's a that's a huge bummer um anyway back to silence um so the second tape <laughs> was or, the last word the second uh, oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> I need I need, thir- I need ten seconds. <clears throat> I've been waiting all week to do that. I know you have. Uh. Silence Silence is a lot like Bow in the sense that it is not necessarily what you would consider to be a musically remarkable or innovative hardcore record. In the sense that you know, um, and actually, I, I threw a teaser out on the uh, '90s spirit-filled hardcore metal group. Earlier this week where i was like hey we're going to be talking about focused and we're gonna be talking about unashamed what impact do you think that this that these bands had on spirit filled hardcore as well as hardcore in general and i got a lot of responses along the lines of like oh so impactful so impactful so impactful but then a man after my own heart uh mr nathan lehman decided to jump in and he goes I'm going to be totally honest here. Uh, I don't think either of these bands are influential to hardcore in general, musically at all. Um, It's not like they dropped a record and it was like some sort of huge success or, and I'm paraphrasing everything you're saying here, but like um, Nathan's Nathan's cool. But anyway, um, he, uh, but like, he, he definitely summed up how I felt about it. It's not that these bands were like, doing anything other, doing anything different than any other underground hardcore band was doing that year. But if I'm going to compare them directly to Focus, which is super unfair, but I'm going to do it right now, the riffs hit harder. The pace is faster. The vocals are more extreme. They're more growl. They're more piss and vinegar, uh, which, you know, you have to have piss and vinegar vocals if you're going to be talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> um it's it's so angry and for some reason it just like felt to me like the next the next step to what focus was laying down it was like it's the, it's it's the tried and true adage of no matter how hard you how hard you bring it there's always going to be some other guys that are bringing it harder no matter how hard you try. And I think for for Focus, that was unashamed.
1: I feel like I took a similar stance on the Strong Arm versus Feel of Standing episode. And I agree, I don't think either one of these bands made a record that was so groundbreaking that everybody knows about it. But everybody that plays hardcore that was influenced by these bands was impacted by those records. So are we talking about the general populace of hardcore music fans? that would go on to listen to early 2000s hardcore and metalcore, and these are the bands they should have been listening to, or were these the bands that just played the music first? So they definitely influenced somebody, because here we are, talking about Unashamed and Focused.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, when you listen to, to Focused, like, there's a more professional, polished aspect to Focused sound. Unashamed is just raw aggression, punch you in the face, like come out and get you. Um, and that's that's from the production, the guitars are grittier, Jeff's vocals like they're nastier. Like like they're almost different bands in the same scene and same vein. Um, but but they're they're, you know, brother bands, right? Like one one and I mean Unashamed one and exist in the same way without focused. Totally. Um, but with that recognition, yeah yeah i mean i mean with that yeah it's tough to be like i like unashamed more than focus feels wrong to say but when you just listen to the records i'm like yeah unashamed these records come harder like they they, both of them get you
0: uh well yeah i mean and as as fans of heavy music that i feel like we all are uh you know if we're at that show where focus is the headliner and let's be honest they're the reason we're there is to see focused right absolutely um but then Unashamed opens up the show and us being like fans of heavy music. We're like, man, I can't wait. The focus is going to come up. But, oh, my God, who was that opening band? <laughs> you know, like it, it's one of those like they they brought it in a, in a sense where and I don't think it was in competition at all. But it was just they these dudes just brought it harder for whatever reason. And the only thing that I can really criticize about this record if there's anything at all is just i feel like focused might have been a little bit better players uh than unashamed i think i think their songs probably stick with me a little bit more than uh than focused but uh i do feel like as far as getting that message out to people it is probably the most aggressive that christian hardcore was that year
3: totally yeah definitely uh I agree with both of you guys. The Jeff's vocals are definitely more up my alley in my taste in hardcore and heavy music, um, which is why I kind of flock to Unashamed a little bit more. Throughout the years, I think I would go back and actively seek out an Unashamed record to listen to um, in my daily uh, cycle. focused not as much. And that means no disrespect at all. Cause obviously focus and especially bow is like on legendary status where for some reason I don't think either of Unashamed's albums have ever hit that kind of level of, you know, lore inside the spirit filled hardcore scene um, that especially bow has. But for me, that sound is what I look for and they delivered on it. So I definitely um, and go back to what Nathan was saying uh, in that group. And if there's anyone that I will listen to uh, hardcore criticism, uh, it'll be Nathan Lehman. He's like a walking encyclopedia of hardcore punk. Uh, I don't think that... Either band and quote. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my assessment. I don't think either band was as influential in the secular scene as they were in the in the kind of spirit-filled and the Christian scene. So when we're talking about impact and influence, they undoubtedly had a huge impact and influence in Christian hardcore and Christian heavy music, even in Christian metal, um, from a message standpoint. But probably what Nathan is saying is that uh, not so much in the in the secular and mainstream, which totally makes sense. And if you're in the uh, the St. Louis area, check out Nathan Lehman's band Placeholder. They're going to be dropping another EP pretty soon here. Awesome well, hardcore I, punk band.
0: I think I had like agreed to go to a show and then COVID hit, <laughs> and so it was one of those like, yeah. "Ooh, sorry, dude." Yeah. Well, we did. Uh, we did. We did actually end up having uh, Don Bastard of the Bastard Squad uh, on who owns uh, Who owns the Record Space recently. Yes. And apparently, apparently, him and Nathan are friends, so it's a, kind of a small world. And neither one of them
3: can get me the uh, the first place the first placeholder seven inch, unfortunately.
0: I could probably procure that for you. Hook me up.
1: I I, I will try my best. Um. The only thing I can really say about Silence versus Bow or the Hope That Lies Within, when I was listening to Focused, I expected it to sound like this. This is what I think of when I think of classic '90s hardcore. There's nothing wrong with those records, but I was a little more into this one at first. I wasn't looking for what the deal is as much as I was in the previous. All right. The guitars are filthy. The vocals are exactly what I think hardcore vocals are going to sound like from the 90s. The drums play fast, so this okay. was more of my expectation.
0: That I think I, I think lyrically this is super strong, almost like they were trying to outdo focused as far as how extreme they could be about about religion and about uh, maybe religion's not a, maybe religion's not like a good way to say it, but like. Um, there's some hot takes on this record, if, so like if you're if you're of that worldview, this is like 100% right down your alley. Um, if you're not, um, well, you're gonna prepare to be pissed. <laughs> you you're know? gonna
1: have a bad time. <laughs> they make they
0: make some very strong statements on this record, and uh, and I'm fine with it because I'm the kind of person that believes hardcore is the place where you're supposed to spread what you believe that's why i listen to niv like i don't like all their lyrics but i i, I appreciate that they have them <laughs> you know and you um,
3: can't argue with like the sincerity behind it that's my biggest thing like if you're gonna say right. something that's heavy uh you better fucking believe it because uh, if you don't then then why are you saying it to begin with
0: i agree uh i think there are exceptions to that rule um you gave me a lot of trouble uh, a long time ago, whenever we did our Under Oath episode, and we were talking about how, like, because they were talking like hardcore about abortion and premarital Wait. sex, and I was like, they are like four- your thoughts on it?" Well, and I was like, "Well, they're like 14. What do they know about sex, like, at all? You know, um, or or abortion, or people that have gone through, you know, having to make that choice, and this and that, and this and that." And I guess the point that I'm trying to make here, other than to drag David through the dirt a little bit, is. um it is just that, like I feel like in the case of like bands like Focus and Unashamed, they kind of had they kind of had that more serious demeanor about it. and their 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 takes were equally as as supercharged. But I feel like they delivered it with a sincerity of this is what I actually believe, and this is the worldview that fuels my every action. Whereas with a band like Underoath, which was just a bunch of kids that year, you know, talking about it, like you could tell that they were just regurgitating things that they'd heard at church. Whereas I feel like a band like Unashamed, it was more like this is this is the world
1: as we have experienced it. Totally. And that to me is 1000% more valid to the listener. Tell me what you really think more than tell me what you think you think at this exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready for reflection? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I was born ready. 1996. Hey, yeah. Bobby's calling uh, you, dude. One
2: point, <laughs> at one point on the uh, Tooth & Nail website, I was trying to find when on the Wayback Machine, but it's taking too long. Um, they said, uh, what was the bio on Unashamed? It was something like they recorded the perfect sophomore record and broke up because they would never be better than that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in a lot of ways I mean Jeff Jeff said that's not why they broke up obviously <laughs> uh, it, it's complicated but um, yeah I mean reflection is is great It in the same way that hope that lies within builds off what focus is focus was doing um, but you don't like it as much because of its raw production I mean reflection is just like the follow-up that just it hits just as hard um, I mean I mean it's there's not much. I don't want to say there's not much depth of difference between the two records, but it's like, yeah, I really like Unashamed, and so I really like this record.
0: Yeah, and you're, you're getting into why I picked these two bands specifically uh, for this kind of comparison sort of thing, where, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, in my mind at least, The Victor is not the band that you would expect in the sense that, I mean, I'll just be real here. I think that Reflection is a better follow-up record overall you know sure focus came in with bow and it was incredible you know um but then hope the lies within was kind of was kind of still that you know what i mean like i'm 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 i don't hate that record but you look at you look at unashamed's follow-up to their to silence and you're like oh man they, they really brought it like yeah it kind of evokes the same emotions And you could maybe criticize it, like if it was any other band, I probably would be like, well, they didn't really change much between records, you know. Um, And this is where I'm going to be a hypocrite and say, how hard is it for a band to evoke the same emotions that you had the first time around, the first time you heard them again. How many bands can actually replicate that while still making music that has substance? And I'm not talking about like bands like Slayer, where like every record sounds the same. I'm not like making that argument because I don't think the reflection sounds like Silence, but it evokes the same emotion and it gets it gets those goosebumps going for me in a way that the hope lies within just didn't do. And um and I like that. You know, Joe talked about how the guitars were nasty, the vocals were nasty. You get all of that. There, there, there This isn't like they didn't come back you know later on with like a super cleaned up record you know um they came back with the same level of intensity that they brought the first time and to me that's more hardcore
3: yeah those are just as nasty God it's just as heavy oh yeah and and that on the end the whole uh record on that on a worship cover is pretty cool yeah it's a little too. bit more like technicality to the uh, to the guitars, like separated has some really cool like slide moments where they didn't have that on the first record. Um, a little bit more like harmonics
2: in there, but uh, I don't know, I love it. Jason Carson from the OC Supertones is playing drums on this record. Come on, of course, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that introduces a me. level
0: of fire that you just couldn't you know get anywhere else.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's so unexpected because like I mean, most people. Have, probably have no idea of that connection. But I mean yeah, it's, it's as weird. Said, when when they broke up, the supertones were getting popular. You know, they had discovered Sunny Day Real Estate and Nemo and like they were like, you want to do different things emotionally with your music out of that. You just don't want to be angry and like rah, all the time.
1: <laughs> have you met discuss Metal Dan? <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> I'm not though. Even even whenever even when I was talking to Brian uh, for as the story grows. I think there were several times that I mentioned that, like, yeah, I'm trying to get heavier and heavier and heavier. But on the flip side, I'm still also listening to like more emo stuff. Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. Okay, yeah. I, I deserve. <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve all that. But like, um, but I mean, I I understand it too in, in the sense of like you know, they they brought a level of passion that they clearly possessed on both records, but I, yeah, I mean, I I could totally understand that as far as like, yeah, this is great, but like I have now learned how to affect people in this way. How can I affect people in a different way? So, I mean, I I totally understand it. I, I understand that like, they couldn't have continued on at this level forever, but as far as like what these records meant to me emotionally and all, but also at the same time fed into that like Oh, it's gotta always be heavy uh, aspect of my personality. Um, Unashamed just 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 fulfilled that need for me in a way that Focus didn't. Um, and it's not that I hate Focus. I, I can't say that enough because like I know that like when I post this in that group that there's gonna be dudes from Focus that listen to this episode. Um, so it's one of those like you know I'm not trying to say anything about that. But like if I had if I had to pick and choose, I would never want to do that. But if I had to, I I, I would I would pick Unashamed because they just brought it at a level that I didn't think was possible for that year and that time.
3: That was kind of your final take. I was waiting for uh, Joe to say
1: final thoughts. I can do it if you're ready. Yeah. Final thoughts on Focused versus Unashamed. Brian Patton.
2: I mean, they're two super important bands and, and you can't deny how important, especially Focused is in Bow. Um, I'll throw some love for Six Feet Deep in here too because they don't get enough love because they were on a different label and they were out in the Midwest Um, both bands are great I I would listen to both bands constantly I still listen to both bands constantly all these years later Um, yeah I mean Unashamed is just heavy in a way that Focused is not but both bands are super important and uh, I love them both And that's all I gotta say
1: I could definitely make a claim but it would be out of ignorance alone
3: (laughs) David what about you? yeah i'm in the same same mindset as brian can't love one without the other um i just listen to unashamed more on a regular basis than i ever do focused but i can't deny the legendary status that focus is and um they're not a lesser band it's just two slightly different styles of hardcore and unashamed floats my boat a little bit more that's all
1: dan final thoughts focused versus unashamed well let me let me preface this
0: by saying that i'm glad that we live in a world where we have both bands and it's it's absolutely okay for you to like different bands for different reasons um and it's actually not fair for some assholes to come on a podcast and say like we're gonna do this band versus this band um but you know i i think focused is absolutely undeniably influential in what they did that's my personal ale thank you um, they they are um, absolutely influential in what they did and what they established. There there is no band. I mean, in a certain sense, there is no more important hardcore Christian band than Focused. Um, but I'm also the kind of guy that likes my stuff to be a little bit heavier, a little bit punchier, a little bit nastier. I like to use that word earlier in the episode, Joe, nastier. Um, but it's also kind of a springboard effect. So while while I recognize that a band like over i'm sorry overcome well overcome that that actually applies but um a band like unashamed is not possible without a band like focused so i recognize that but as far as the records that i listen to more frequently i'm gonna have to give the edge to unashamed because unashamed is just uh they're 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 kind of next level in that in that regard i still love focused don't hate me
1: Well, I am definitely not the most qualified person to end this final thought. I think everybody who speaks before me has just a little more credibility when talking about these two bands. I have heard Unashamed. I've listened to Focused, But I never sought out these bands. I feel like they influenced better bands. So what does that say about them? What did they do that impacted better bands so well? Between the two... I'm going to go for Unashamed only because they have a little more intensity that I'm used to. But I'm still looking at Bao thinking, why wasn't this heavy enough? What did Bao have that led to Silence being just that much grittier, that much dirtier, that much more intense? Because it came out in 1993 when, if it wasn't alt-rock, it was grunge. So for me, I think the bands are worth a listen because they're another part of the origin story. But I have the most interest in Bow. I want to see what led to that. I want to go back in time just a little bit further and figure out how we got Bow after the late 80s thrash metal and the early 90s alternative grunge, etc. Dan, what's your album of the week? My
0: album of the week? I mean, I feel like, I don't know man, it would be dishonest to say it's anything other than Inlet by Hum. David, what about you? Uh,
3: there's a new band out of Arizona called Reliance, and they put out a cool street punk record a couple weeks ago called Running, and it sounds every bit as awesome as you remember street punk sounding like.
1: Brian Patton, what's your album of the week?
2: It, it's Inlet by Hum. No other record matters.
0: I was wondering, like, is that just the way it's going to be? Like, everybody's going to be like, yeah, it's Inlet by Hum. I mean, it's there's no... I actually sit, sat there. This is the
2: new terminus, <laughs> dude. I sat
0: there. I sat there like I. Whenever Joe asked me that, I like kept looking through my phone. I'm like, "What other album have I been listening to? N- no, Not no, that, it's hum. No, no, record that,
2: that record is huge and heavy and phenomenal, and and nobody else should release a record this year.
1: The boys did it again after twenty something <laughs> years. Well, I don't have an album of the week because I was watching a lot of movies. And the only one that has a really cool soundtrack that we can say is my album of the week was Lost Highway. So go listen to that soundtrack. It was produced and arranged by Trent Reznor, so you get some weird shit, especially some David Bowie remixes. But, like, listen
0: to it after you're done listening to Inlet by Home. Yeah, we can go with that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. It's just, I mean... uh. I didn't even know that record was going to come out. It just landed there. Yeah, one day. Yeah, nobody knew
2: it was going to come out until it was like, hey, surprise, here's our new record.
0: Yeah, and then I was like, well, great. There goes the rest of my day. It's over. Oh, was I supposed to do a takeout thing? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to need those dumplings right now. (laughs) All right, bro. Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and you thought to yourself, man, I really wish that they would start talking about these bands instead of some obscure Christian metalcore hardcore band from the early 90s. Well, I mean, we are open to suggestions. You can reach out to us in a variety of different ways, including facebook.com slash discography discussion, uh, you can find us on Twitter at discuss metal. You can reach out to us on Patreon. You can reach out to us on our Discord server. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you right to our Discord server. You can send us an email at at gmail.com. So there's plenty of ways you can get a hold of us. Check out our Teespring store if you want to represent Discography Discussion on the street. We have a hoodie there for twenty five dollars. It's eventually going to get cold outside. You're going to want you're going to want that because nobody is selling a hoodie for that cheap.
1: I promise. And on that note, this has been episode 178 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Brian Patton. And as the story grows, can be found at asthestorygrows.com and on all social media platforms.